0: looking out my window feeling the crescendo sunset on a quiet sea sitting with the ones that i'll forever love we're waiting on a flash of green and even when the nights got cold you have always held me close you're the only rock that i could ever stand on you're the only one for me the sun goes up the sun comes down this whole world keeps spinning round traveling down this long and winding road. Seasons come, the seasons go. They take me high, then leave me low. But I'm still standing on the Stand All of the ground is sinking sand.
1: Have you ever felt like nobody was there? Have you ever felt forgotten in the middle of nowhere? Have you ever felt like you could disappear? Like you could fall and no one would hear?
0: So let that lonely feeling wash away.
1: You rise again, let your head and look around. And you will be found. Yeah. You will be found.
2: They relieved the palms of their branches. the palms of their branches, as the people's palms grasped and then brandished those leafy emblems of both festival and rebellion. These were a people who felt as though they had already spent their second, third, and last chances on zealots, men like Barabbas and that now famous Maccabean. This Jesus, this new champion, was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey as Zechariah had envisioned him. This king was coming to daughter Zion to take the wicked Roman chariots away from Ephraim. Surely this Jesus was the one to bring God's people salvation. Surely he was the one pictured all across the prophet's hopeful panorama. So they shouted, save us please. They cried, Hosanna, Hosanna. And this Jesus would answer yes to their cry of save us, save us, but not in the way they expected, not by the violent overthrow predicted by their palmy political propaganda. For the humility of that donkey was nothing compared to the way he would answer their shouts of Hosanna. For the path on which he rode took him not to a throne, But to a court, not to a place fit for a heavenly king, but to the feet of an earthly it was there before another crowd in the hands of Pilate, whom god endowed with the power to answer the shouts rising loud demanding crucifixion for this man who was so recently avowed as hosanna by those who had laid down a pathway of both palm branch and personal shroud it was there that he would show how he would answer Both crowds, both the Hosanna save us cry and the incessant crucify. For what was missed by each tribe, by those who cried out their Hosanna boast, and those who cried that this man should be nailed upon two posts, is that Jesus would say no to neither request. Instead, he would say yes to both. In fact, He would accomplish salvation by such infliction. He would be Hosanna by undergoing crucifixion. He would say yes to cries of love and yes to cries of hate. And for us, it is good news that he answered this way. For we too cry Hosanna. We too need to be saved. But we also cry crucify him we also are filled with hate. We need to be rescued from our evil, but when goodness comes to us, we take what is good and by our evil, hang it on a cross. But this is how he saves us. This is how he loves us. He answered our cry of need and our cry of hate with one final yes poured out as he cried so that the sin that put him on the cross he paid for as he died and the salvation for which we asked by his yes he supplied. So come Lay down your branches and come lift up your palms, for the king of our salvation said yes to the night of death so that he could raise the light of dawn.
3: They relieved. Would you please rise for a first song?
4: standing. Share with you now from Matthew chapter 21, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem by Jesus. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. The whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus, the Nazareth of Galilee, the gospel of our Lord.
3: Let us go to God in prayer, so if you would please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this Palm Sunday for the reminder of the sacrifice you're about to make for us. Lord, this morning, just calm our hearts and still still in our minds as we talk about uh, your triumphal entry into Jerusalem all the way to the crucifixion. Lord, we know that uh, the sacrifice you gave for us, sometimes we just don't, uh, we don't see it, we don't appreciate it enough. But Lord, we thank you for that. This morning we ask that you bless our worship service, the music we're about to play, the songs that we're singing, the fellowship time and, and all of that. Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen.
5: be seated and boys and girls it's time for the kids message so come on up come right on up front here find a seat on the floor yeah come on up i see some of you have palms because today's palm sunday isn't it yeah it's palm sunday and we get to celebrate and remember Jesus' entry into jerusalem on Palm Sunday, where people were shouting Hosanna, they were waving palm branches, they laid their palm branches on the, on the road and took their coats off and laid them on the road, and they were celebrating because their long-awaited king was finally here. And you know what? We have a special guest with us today. We have a king with us today. Do you want to meet some royalty? You want to meet some royalty? I'm going to go get the king. All right, stay right here. I'll be right back with the king. here comes the king the king of the jungle Was that the king you're expecting to see lion sit all right he is the lion king it's a good it's a good thing the middle school is doing lion king this weekend so the lion king could come and spend some time with us it's a dog this is not the king you were expecting no well you know what when Jesus entered Jerusalem he was not the king people were expecting either. They were expecting this earthly, powerful king to come and get rid of the Romans and have political power and governmental power so that he could make Israel a great and powerful nation again. But that's not why Jesus came. No, he came as a greater king. He came to overthrow sin, death, and the devil. And he came not just for the Jews to be the king of the Jews, but to be king of of everyone who comes to faith in jesus and so he is a greater king and does greater things than any earthly king or any king of the jungle right because jesus is the king of kings he's the lord of lords and his kingdom is out of this world and it's far greater than any kingdom that we could find here on earth and you know what through faith in jesus we are already a part of his kingdom and we get to be with him forever. Isn't that some good news? Yeah, that Jesus is the King of King and and the Lord of Lords. And so let's pray, all right? But I want you to pray nice and loud because we're celebrating King Jesus. All right, will you repeat after me? King Jesus, we praise you. We thank you for entering Jerusalem and entering our world to be our great king. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. And the king might be out in family gathering space after worship a little later, if you want to, if you want to meet him. All right? All right, come on, king.
4: I want to welcome each and every one of you in worship today. And uh, thank you for coming and being part of this celebration. And I'll just say Palm Sunday all the way through Easter Sunday is this beautiful story that is now unfolding in front of us. We heard in Matthew, Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And we're going to take some time today and stop at each of those little places in which Jesus was making his way ultimately to the cross and then to the tomb. But we know the end of the story, right? He rose again. So we're going to keep celebrating. So we hope that you come and be a part of that throughout this week. So example, Thursday, if you can, and if you're able, come. Come for what's called Monday Thursday. It's a day where we remember Jesus in that upper room, and Jesus was celebrating the Seder meal, the Passover meal that, that had been celebrated for generations. He was a faithful Jew that was obeying God, and he was doing what was, he was told to do. And so we're going to gather together at 6 o'clock, and we're going to have dinner together. In here, we're going to have tables And hopefully it's going to be filled with people, and we're going to have lots of uh, meaningful conversation as we do three things. We eat dinner, we remember the Passover meal, and we're going to um, actually experience the things that the Jewish people still are experiencing. So that's very interesting. And then thirdly, we are going to take communion. And we're going to have all of that together for us. So please, if you would, come at 6 o'clock. Experience that, and we should be done right around 7.30-ish, right? Um, if you could go on Planning Center and register, that helps us in knowing. Um, if you'd like to be a table host, we still would love to have some table hosts that would just meet and greet people and just make sure things happen at the table. Uh, so that's Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. As a, as a kid growing up, I didn't go to church much. You know that story. There's something about Good Friday that got my attention every single year. As part of the, uh, the day school, the Christian day school, we would sing at the 12 noon service. And I just remember uh, the feeling of emotion and the feeling of something big is happening. So, love for you to come on, on Good Friday, 6.30, and we remember the passion, the suffering, the death of Jesus. And then, and then, Sunday, Easter Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, We celebrate the resurrected Lord and what that means for us today and tomorrow and every day into eternity. So come, if you would, be a part of that entire story and celebrate with us. And maybe even start thinking, who could you invite that could come with you and hear this story that changes lives? So think of family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, maybe even an enemy. You may not want to call them an enemy, but somebody you maybe don't get along with say, hey, come, Uh would love for you to experience Easter at 1C. Uh, let's see, what else is there? Oh, on April 16th, a reminder, new service starts at 5 o'clock in the youth room. So you enter in at the east entrance and you come in and you're going to see a small stage area and we're going to have um, chairs set up and we're going to worship together in a little bit less formal um, uh, atmosphere, but we'd love for you to come. Maybe that'll fit into your schedule some weeks. Maybe you know people that maybe that would be um, easier to bring them to than something like this. So just start thinking, praying, who can you bring and experience that with them. Um, and the last thing is on that same day, April 16th, we're going to have a voters meeting and um, it's a special voters meeting. Now what does that mean? The leadership team has called this meeting so that we as a church can consider and pray about the calling of Pastor Aaron Hanneman. Uh, Back in November, I had a phone call about an opportunity to do a part-time shared position with somebody who would hopefully come and do Grace Point Counseling Center here in Columbus. So if any of you know anything about mental health, the need is so great in Columbus. It is so, so great. And so they said, we're looking for a church that maybe... um, that pastor Aaron could be a part of. And so I brought it to leadership team and elders. Our call committee met and prayed. And we are now going to bring uh, Pastor Aaron Hanneman's name and this position in front of you to be pastor of student ministries. So please pray about that now. This is so important that we listen to what God says and we follow his lead. That we don't do anything more or less than what's in the center of God's will. So that's going to be April 16th, right after the 11 o'clock service. Very important. I cannot stress it enough. The body of Christ together, seeking the Lord's will, is a beautiful and powerful thing. And so please consider putting it on your calendar, making it a priority. Be here, be part of listening, and then following what God says. All right, so that's the 16th. That's going to be right at, at uh, 12 noon. Uh, another thing you're going to notice, this is for communion in a little while, is we're going to have a third station up here. Um, the, the joy of more and more people coming to church. Right? It's great. More and more. The challenge would be sometimes communion takes a really long time. So um, somebody brought up the idea, let's do another station. So we'll have one there, like, and one there like we normally do, but we'll have one in the middle where you can come forward, receive the body of Christ. Um, I'm going to be in the middle today, so I'll be there. And then we'll have two people serving wine, so you can go either direction based on which side of the, um, the church you're sitting in. So that's coming up soon. May God continue to be with and bless us as we worship him. Marie Last phrase, your grace holds me now. And I'll just say, in moments like this, right, I don't know what your day is like, I'm watching a little one right over here, and grandpa is holding this little newborn baby, how old now? Seven weeks old. It's really the grace of God, right? Beautiful grace of God, the gift of life, it's really beautiful and wonderful, Uh, But sometimes, life isn't quite like that. And we need God, especially during those times, for him to hold us in his grace, in his mercy, and walk with us with every step of the way. And I'm going to tell you, that's what this meal is all about, folks. No matter what you're going through today, the ups, the downs, the twists, and the turns, this is a constant. This is here for you and for me to forgive our sins, to strengthen our faith, and to cheer us on as we live life on this earth. So in preparation for this beautiful meal, uh, we've been doing a confession and profession of faith uh, that'll be up on the screen. Would you join me in saying this out loud? I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior, From sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament. And under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin. And the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord. In and through his body, the church. By regular group worship study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And just to bring you back to what I call center, the most important thing is that in this meal, Jesus is present. It's not just bread and wine, but it's the body and blood of Jesus for your forgiveness. He did it all for you 2,000 years ago on the cross at Calvary. He's also doing it today. He wants to take your sin, my sin, and take it as far away as possible. So be assured of that good news. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And we continue now with the celebration of this meal. now may this true body and blood of our lord and savior jesus christ strengthen you and empower you for life for ministry for mission all for the glory of god go in his name and in his love amen
6: dear lord we thank you that we are always on your mind we praise you that your faithfulness never ends and your love endures forever you know our present needs Help us to trust you with them. We offer up these prayers to you. Thank you that my son found a job, and I pray that it goes well as he starts tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus, for a healthy new grandson, Mark Raymond Noonan. What a miraculous and precious gift. May he always have a heart for Jesus. Prayers for the Bennett family as they mourn the loss of David. May they be held in loving thoughts and prayers for peace and healing. A prayer for my kids and their classmates as they travel to Washington, D.C. Protect them on their travel and keep them safe. Prayers for safe travels for my husband this week. Prayers for my friend's daughter who is expecting a baby after years of waiting for one. Take care of them. And we pray for a healthy baby to bless all of their family. Prayers for my loved one, my other half, and for those at SOS. For my sister and family going through a divorce, give them strength and healing and prayers that their house will sell soon. Lord, today is a good day to say enough enough of worrying about our troubles help us instead to focus on trusting you to work in our lives we can stop pushing we can stop trying to control this doesn't mean that we give up it means that we give over to you god what was never ours to carry let your words seal permanently on our hearts today we know there is hope And healing when we choose to cling tightly to you please join me in the Lord's Prayer our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
4: For me, it's uh, kind of stirring to think that people throughout the world today are kind of doing the same thing. They're pausing, they're remembering, and reflecting on what I'd like to call from palms. To passion. From the excitement and the joy of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, and as we heard in the Matthew account, they were just over-the-top happy, right? They were throwing palm branches down and coats down, and I mean, you could just hear the hosannas even today. So there are churches that are remembering that. You you got those palm branches, or if you didn't get one, get on the way out. Just a beautiful little reminder, but then I'm going to move over here physically, but I also want to move over here emotionally. What that was is now different. As we, seek the, as we see the week unfold, things start changing dramatically. And it's as if Jesus has his heart and his mind and his focus on the most important thing. Now why? I'm just going to say this. It's not in my sermon, but it was just it was one of the prayers. When an 18-year-old dies suddenly... It doesn't even matter the circumstance, it does, but it doesn't. Jesus' passion for that young man, for their family, their friends, all of us. That's why he came. That's why he went from the shouts of Hosanna to those words of crucify him, crucify him. For somebody named David. Somebody named Jim. For people like you. So today, I want to take you on a little journey of um, of emotion, and <clears throat> all I'm going to do, simply, because <clears throat> a pi- what a picture is worth a thousand words, so if I show you a picture, that makes my sermon really long, right? So you're going to see several pictures that take us through this week, and each of them really does emit an emotion, right? So let's put the first one up there, if, if we could. I mean, I, you know, just picture that, right? The the joy, the excitement of Jesus coming in. And I don't know if you ever thought about that moment, but I think there are several categories of people that were lining the streets of Jerusalem. Probably those who had no clue what was going on other than it was a crowd. It looked kind of fun. People were excited. I don't know, maybe they'll give away something. I don't know. I've actually done that in my life where I've seen a big crowd of people, didn't know what it was like, and I just go over there, and they start handing out little whatever, you know? Maybe that's all it was for some people, just total curiosity. And then maybe there were those who, you know, they heard about Jesus. They don't quite know exactly what it's all about, but they're, they're curious, like, could this be the one? Right? Then you get to this other group has, they've been walking with Jesus, they see him a little bit more, they've seen some of the miracles, I mean, firsthand, and they're like, this is so good. And then you get to the last group, Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, probably the Romans, I mean, a whole big group of people were like, this is trouble, this is not good. So we're going to be here just to watch what's going to happen. But still, I think the overwhelming emotion on this day, it's excitement. Not sure why yet, but they're excited. The next one. Can you imagine being in that upper room? I mean, for Jesus, let's just focus on him for a second. He's really, I mean, he knows what's ahead of him, right? Right? He knows that after the meal, he's going to go into the garden because he knows everything, right? And, and as he prays, all of a sudden things are going to turn and go south and, you know, then his death is going to come. But picture those that have walked with him for like three and a half years. This is a very intimate moment. I don't know how you feel about this, but everything I've ever read is so many intimate conversations happen when food is present. And here's Jesus using, utilizing the Passover meal, the Seder Supper, which is a very important time. And now he's going to be very intimate with those close to him and do something that has not been done in thousands of years. He's going to take those same elements, particularly the two, the bread and the wine, and he's going to now say something that's so strange and it's going to be so intimate for these followers. He says, This bread, it's my body. I could just picture everyone in that room going, Whoa, 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 whoa. This has never been said before. And then he says, Take drink. This is my blood. This is different. Very intimate, very close. The next one, I think about grief and I think about sorrow as I see Jesus in that garden of Gethsemane. And as the scriptures will tell us that the anxiety he had because he knew he was carrying the weight of sin and he knew what was ahead of him as a brutal everything, it's really bad, he was sweating drops of blood. It's actually a physiological phenomenon. It happens when you're under distress. When I think about what he went through, that, I mean, there's sorrow for me, because he did it for me. So just look at that for a second. His life is hanging in the balance. And when he is there with his hands folded, when he is crying to his father, he is thinking about you by name. You by circumstance. And his love for you and your circumstance is greater than the pain that he's going to go through. Just understand that. I can't understand what he went through. I can't understand the pain I'm in and the pain you're in. And he chose you and me instead of himself. The next one, I mean, honestly, I, one of the emotions I have when I think about Judas is how can anybody that walks with Jesus ever do something like this? And then when I get real, and I look in that mirror, and God's word tells me, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, it's me. I'm the one that gave that kiss. And so then all of a sudden, this anger from Judas, which is still there, kind of shifts over towards me. And then I think about humanity, and it's like, wow, anger is real. The next picture. Peter. I mean, Peter. Jesus is going to do uh, great things with Peter in his church to come. I mean, I mean, it's been laid out. It's planned. It's thought of. How could he deny Jesus? Not just once, not twice, but three times. How could he do that? Even, I mean, Jesus told him he was going to do it. And you'd think he'd be on his guard but it happened. And once again before we get too perplexed about Peter, I think it's perplexing about us. Why do we deny him? And we deny him in so many different ways. It may not be in, you know, in a courtyard with people coming up and saying, "Hey, weren't you with the Christ?" But we could deny him in our actions and behaviors and words. We can deny him when we choose other things and other people over him. The next picture, that Good Friday moment, speechless, as we remember Jesus hanging on the cross, hanging on to life. And if we get really the glimpse, we understand that it should be us on the cross, not him. And I don't think any words can describe that moment. The extent of love that moved Jesus to do this, I don't think there's any words in English that can capture this. And then the last breath, the placement of his body in the tomb sadness that consumes us. I mean, I remember um, my mom's death in particular. Um, It's one thing, you know, to be in the hospital room with her. It's one thing to whisper into her ear, mom, it's okay to go. I'll take care of dad, and I'll meet you up in heaven. I mean, that's one thing to do that, and that was painful. It's Another thing to hear her last breath, but that's another thing. When you see her in a casket, you see the casket close, you go through the whole thing, and then um, in Wisconsin, that's where she's buried, to see her kind of put away and closed up, and um, the finality of that is really sobering. So let me, if I could, just take you on a little, pl- little journey here, right? Sorrow, anger, perplexed, speechless, sadness... I mean, that, I don't know. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but let me read them again. Sorrow, anger, perplexed, speechless, sadness. I would imagine you've had some of these moments in your life. Maybe you're sitting here today, and you're like, that's where I am today. And you might even get to the place that I even get to, right? Where it's like, okay, God, where are you? All of these things are coming at me. Faster than anything. Where are you? Let's read. um, Let me put up Hebrews 2. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, or because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So where was he? He put flesh on. He came to this earth. He endured all these things. And then we get this last picture. I just want you to look at this. Never forget this last picture. The, the empty tomb. Death could not hold him. The devil could not contain him. He is more powerful and more loving for you and me. For all those emotions that we're going through, he steps into it and says, I love you. So what does all this tell us? Let me just give you a couple things. First thing. You could advance the slide please. That the Christ is the son of God and that his teachings are true. That's what this week is going to tell you. That all the promises of the Old Testament unfolded in one person named Jesus. And what we thought would be impossible is going to be possible because of Christ. Secondly, that God the Father has accepted the sacrifice of his son for the sins of the world. Thirdly, That all believers will rise to life eternal. I'll tell you, that's incredible news. Because if all we have is this earth, oh my goodness, right? But we've got something life eternal that is going to be glorious. And then the last one is that God keeps his promises. And I don't, you know, I I know that. I believe that. Sometimes I forget it. So I just want to put it in front of you. This week is a reminder that God keeps his promise This is a week where God, where we're reminded that the God who made the heavens and the earth is a God who is walking through with every single detail of your life, but specifically in the life of his son, who was going to come. And you saw that big word, and you can maybe impress all your friends, propitiation, right? Like, wow. Um, It's the payment for sin. Jesus did all of that for you and me so that we can have life. Um, What we're going to do now is... uh, we have three fine gentlemen. Make sure your microphone is on, Dave. Did you check that? Good morning. No, there's a switch on there. there you go. That's okay. All right. So earlier I read from Matthew and it was the account of the triumphal entry, right? And on Thursday, we're going to come together and we're going to uh, do the upper room and then we're going to come together on Good Friday and look at the cross. And then we're going to come to the empty tomb. That's really great. But a lot took place between palm sunday and that thursday night and so what you're going to hear is um, bits and pieces from matthew we didn't want to read the whole thing because we'd be here for a couple hours maybe not really but um, but you're going to hear some of the main teachings of jesus as he walks through getting ready for that upper room then jesus went into the temple and threw out all those
7: who were selling and buying there He pushed over the tables used for currency exchange and the chairs of those who sold doves. He said to them, it's written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a hideout for crooks. People who were blind and lame came to Jesus in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priest and legal experts saw the amazing things he was doing and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were angry They said to Jesus,
8: Do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, he answered.
7: Haven't you read?
8: From the mouths of babies and infants you've arranged praise for yourself? Then he left them and went out to the city to Bethany and spent the night there.
7: Jesus responded by speaking again in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding party for his son. He sent his servants to call those invited to the wedding party, but they didn't want to come. Again he sent other servants and said to them,
8: Tell those who have been invited, Look, the meal is all prepared. I have butchered the oxen and the fattened cattle. Now everything's ready. Come to the wedding party. But
5: they paid no attention and went away.
7: The rest of them grabbed his servants, abused them and killed them. The king was angry. He sent his soldiers to destroy those murderers and set their city on fire. Then he said to the servants, The wedding party is prepared. But those who were invited weren't worthy. Therefore, go to the roads on the edge of town and invite everyone you find to the wedding party. Then those servants went to the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding party was full of guests. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had left the Sadducees speechless, they met together. One of them, a legal expert, tested him.
8: Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? He replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. How
7: terrible it will be for you legal experts and Pharisees, hypocrites. You give to God a tenth of mint, dill, and cumin, but you forget about the more important matters of the law. Justice, peace, and faith, you blind guides, you filter out an ant but swallow a camel. How terrible it will be for you legal experts and Pharisees.
8: Hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and plate, but inside they are full of violence and pleasure-seeking. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup so that the outside of the cup will be clean too. How terrible it will be for you legal experts and Pharisees, hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. They look beautiful on the outside, but inside they are full of dead bones and all kinds of filth. You look righteous, but inside you are full of shame and rebellion.
7: Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you. How often I wanted to gather your people together, just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings But you didn't want that. Look, your house is left to you deserted. I tell you, you won't see me until you say,
8: Blessings on the one who comes in the Lord's name. Now Jesus left the temple and was going away. His disciples came to point out to him the temple buildings. He responded, Do you see all these things? I assure you that no stone will be left on another.
7: Everything will be demolished. But nobody knows when that day or hour will come, not the heavenly angels and not the Son. Only the Father knows. As it was in the time of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. They didn't know what was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. The coming of the Son of Man will be like that. At that time there will be two men in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left.
8: Therefore, stay alert. You don't know what day the Lord is coming, but you understand that if the head of the house knew at what time the thief would come, he would keep alert and wouldn't allow the thief to break into his house. Therefore, you also should be prepared. Because of the Son of
7: Man will come at a time you don't know. Now when the Son of Man comes in his majesty and all his angels are with him, he will sit on his majestic throne. All the nations will be gathered in front of him. He will separate them from each other. Just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right side. But the goats he will put on his left. Then the king will
8: say to those on his right, Come. You who will receive good things from my Father in heaven, inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a drink when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and give you clothes to wear when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you the king will reply to them I assure you that when you have done it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you have done it for me
7: when Jesus finished speaking all these words he said to his disciples you know that the Passover is two days from now and the son of man will be handed over to be crucified
8: Then the chief priests and elders of the people gathered in the courtyard of Caiaphas, the high priest. They were plotting to arrest Jesus by cunning tricks and to kill him. But they agreed that it shouldn't happen during the feast, so there wouldn't be an uproar among the people.
3: Would you please rise for our last song? Joy.